0: Oh, let's do that again. <sighs> Thank you, Lonnie. Uh, I'm wearing that icky makeup she talked about, so I'm a little <laughs> nervous about that. <laughs> okay. Lonnie has been um, attending sanctuary for a couple Years now, and oddly, it was during COVID um, that she and I became really good friends and got to know each other. And over the last year, Lani and I became part of a small group of women who are praying for each other regularly. And over that time, I learned about Lani's passion for taekwondo, her own business. I learned about her love of horses, her amazing adult children, her grandkids, who she's super devoted to, one who she calls Lilybug. A couple months ago, Tom and I and Kim and Lonnie and a few other friends um, went to an outdoor movie in downtown Iowa City. When I've been overwhelmed this past, Year, or concerned, Lonnie was one of the people who knew about it and held my situation before God. She is someone who emailed and asked, AD, how are you doing? What do you need? We went over this past year from I like you, to I really like you, to I love you. But here is the thing, Here is where it gets sad and where our story becomes more complicated and tricky. Lonnie would not have been fully welcomed in our church only a handful of years ago. We would have said, though we would have been deluding ourselves, that she and Kim were totally welcome, by which we would have meant come, sit in our chairs, I almost said pews, but we don't have pews. (laughs) Come and sing with us. Please, join our small groups, and by all means, give us your money. But they would have not been fully welcome to participate in all aspects of our church life simply because they chose to act on their love for one another, because they dared to acknowledge their identities, and to be faithful to themselves. A few years ago, I preached about the importance of, I'm sorry, a few weeks ago, I preached about the importance of our becoming us. I quoted Jesus um, asking, what good would it do for us to gain the whole world but to forfeit our soul? Or, what can anyone give in exchange for our soul? I talked about God's invitation of our fully embracing and celebrating our us, who we are. But I could not have preached that sermon with integrity six years ago. Our church began in 2001. And I still remember the first time that I had to tell someone that as a church, we believed that engaging in sexual intimacy outside of heterosexual marriage was sin. As it turned out, the person wasn't gay, so it was a little embarrassing. But I was drawing my line in the sand. Just to be clear, I was saying to God, to the universe, to Iowa City, to everyone, We are on the right side of this issue. We are proudly engaging in exclusionary practices. Now clearly we never used those words, but we could have. Doggone it, we read the scripture and we would do it right. Jesus spoke a lot in stories, in parables, and often his listeners couldn't figure out the meaning of what he was saying. And often his disciples, his friends, couldn't figure out what he was saying. We often don't get what Jesus is meaning. And so when Jesus' friends went up to him and said, Jesus, why do you make it so complicated? Why do you make your story so hard for us to understand? Jesus responds in Matthew 13 this way, those seeing, they do not see, though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, you will be ever hearing but never understanding, you will be ever seeing but never perceiving, for this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, they have closed their eyes, or they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. There are a lot of reasons why it took us from 2010, when some of us first started voicing our discontent with the status quo, who was attending our church and who wasn't, until 2016, when we officially and happily came out as fully affirming. Those six years were spent wrestling. We wrestled with the scriptures. We wrestled with the contents of the Bible. We wrestled with how to actually read the Bible. We wrestled with the authority of the Bible. Those six years we wrestled with our sense of belonging to a movement that we were part of we asked what it would cost us to change, what it would mean to leave that movement, what friendships what might we lose. We wrestled with what it might mean for this community. During those six years, we la- read lots of books, and we formed lots and lots of relationships. And very slowly, but surely, our eyes were beginning to open and we were beginning to recognize, to discern, to see, our own sin. We felt at that time a lot like Paul, thrown off his horse and blinded, and like Paul, God, in God's mercy, pulled scales from our eyes. Obviously, we don't feel like heroes. We're not heroes, but over time, our hearts softened, and we could respond. Friends, we have experienced a lot of evolution and growth over these last six years. Liberation in one domain often means liberation in many domains. The gift of all the wrestling with our silly selves was that our notion, our understanding of God has changed. Rather than a God who is waiting to claver us when we do wrong, and who wants to bless us according to our good deeds, we have a God who is love, who can't be anything but love, a sanctuary member who is A friend of mine attended a local church just recently while she was waiting for our church to open. And as it turned out, it was not um, an affirming church. She didn't know. And the pastor made some comments about the LGBTQ community that troubled my friend. So she went up to the pastor after church and asked if the LGBTQIA community was welcome to worship in this particular church. She described it as a bit of an awkward conversation, but the pastor said, oh, am I still on? Okay, but the pastor said to my friend, listen, what are Christians super passionate about today? What topic is everybody talking about today? And she thought for a minute and she said, love? The apostle John clearly agrees with my friend. In 1 John 1.4 it says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because... And this is a scripture that seems to get omitted time and time again, the hardest three words for us to take in, and the most important, because God is love. We're coming to an end of our Pride celebration, though I think we celebrate all year. We've heard from a few of our LGBTQIA friends, each time wonderful. When we hear stories of our friends loving Jesus, like Jen, like Dustin, like Lonnie. It can be easy for us to miss at the end of it all for them on the other side of commitment to God, of being true to their God-breathed identity, on the other side of coming out to and with Jesus. They were still at least in the sphere of religion and spirituality and Christianity alone. It is easy to miss this part of the story of so many of those who Jesus befriended, the man born blind, the tormented guy from Gerasene, and truthfully, all the disciples. Peter says in Matthew 19, we've left everything to follow you. What what then will we have? What I want to say to our LGBTQIA community is this. Thank you for giving us a chance. Thank you. I will likely never know all that some of you have had to overcome just to put one foot in our door. Thank you for making our space better and richer and for helping us to queer our theology. I ended the scripture earlier about our capacity to see like this. It says, Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But in fact, Jesus continues, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear for truly I tell you many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but didn't get to see it and hear what you hear, but never got to hear it. I'll close by saying that during those years that we wrestled and anguished about all of this, where I nervously perseverated about the potential cost, Tom would say to me again and again and again, And again, oh honey, what about the gain? We have no idea what we will gain. And I still don't know all that we'll gain, but I can say that we are not the same people. That hallelujah, this is not the same church. We have been made new in God, and we are on our knees with gratitude. So, we're just gonna take one moment of silence, and rather than having a specific um, agenda with what we're gonna do with the silence, we can all do what we want, just kind of um, with God, to let all that we've heard over the last few weeks, Lonnie's stunning story that she was gracious enough to bring us into, the goodness and patience of God, the horrible pain many in our community have suffered, some at our hands, our gratitude to God, for where we are and who we're becoming. God, we take a moment of silence just to be with you.